0: sunshine in my heart. hello hello everyone and welcome it is April 11th and today is our mindset Q&A call we of course have really amazing questions and content um, to share with you today so I'm excited to be here Heather Cavanaugh of course is here as well Hi there um, yay we love Heather
1: uh- <laughs> Glad I joined. <laughs>
0: Well, we do. I, um, I always find these, um, these calls to be so great. I always love having your input on them. And um, yeah, it's really good to talk about uh, mindset and look at it from a couple of different angles, right? Yeah. Um, so today we actually, as I mentioned, we've got some really great questions. Uh, let's dive into our first one. So the first question that came up is, what do I have to think or believe for real change to actually happen. And this is from Sharon and Sharon's in one of our, um, she's in our prolific mindset blueprint course right now, the free course that uh, we've got on our website. And, um, she's asked it because she has mentioned that she was really struggling and then, um, she loved the concepts around the, that we're sharing in the prolific mindset. Um, but there's so much out there. There's so much out there is what she said about mindset. And there's all of these different theories and concepts. And she's like, you know, really just give me, give me the, the straight 101. on <laughs> What do I got to do here? And, um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to hand this over to you, Heather, and just kind of get um, your ideas and, and
1: let's just uh, do what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Great question, Sharon. And I love the way that you're just all about cut to the chase. Uh, You've signed up for something, you're in it, you're doing it, and you're just looking to simplify it. Um, I've written a number of blogs actually on change. Uh, so I would love to send you to the wealthy woman warrior.com slash blog and if you look under my name I think I've written three chain uh, three blogs on change in particular and there are some real uh, specific to do and tidbits about uh, things that you want to uh, go through um, and they're quick blogs they're easy reads and out of that you'll be able to quickly pull out so but here on this call today we will will discuss um, some of that stuff so um, I think the first thing uh, that uh, and the most encouraging thing when you want real change to actually happen and so what do i need to think or what do i need to believe you need to do both you need to think you need to be thinking and you do need to believe and you need to believe first and foremost in yourself and that what you really want i deserve and i think you need i think you need to start there with believing in yourself and believing that you are worth what it is that you desire, what it is you're going after. And there are a few exercises that you can do, but this is where you want to ask yourself a few questions. And again, we're really big on writing it down here because now you're really connecting. But why is it that I really want this change? Who is it that I really want this change for? What, what am I, try to stay positive, what am I going to get out of making this change? What am I going to miss out on? If you ask that question, that's okay. What am I going to miss out on if I don't make this change? But what am I going to, what's going to happen and what's going to be different about what I want to make this change? And I want you to write those things down, those, those four questions, and take the time to answer them because this is the list that you need to come back to to help you make change because change is hard. Change is work. It's not so hard that I don't want you to do it, but it is work because you are going against a pre-existing habit, conditioning, mechanism, course of action, and you are going to meet uh, obstacles uh, many times throughout uh, this this progressive period of time when you're trying to make change because you're well entrenched in what you're already doing. And you're going to need to come back to Why did I want to do this in the beginning? Because is it enough for you? And those are your answers and only your answers, which can help you get over that hump and get back on track. That is what I first and foremost think that you need to believe in to actually make change happen.
0: Yeah, I think those are great Great one oh one. Very clear, very direct. Um, you know, I think when it comes to believing and thinking, um, both are interchanged uh, because what we believe influences what we think. Um, which is why I think it was really great that you started, um, Heather, with you know the the concept around expectancy, mm-hmm. um, and and looking at some very simple uh, specific ways of writing things down and um, bringing real concrete awareness to it. Um, You know, we talk about the paradigm of paralysis and the paradigm of possibility. Those are two of my uh, proprietary terms that I use um, not only in, in our content uh, for power to thrive, but also in, in the book that um, I you guys would laugh, but I mean, it's been written for, <laughs> for a couple of years, not a couple of years. It's been written for a year. Um, and I need to update it so that I can actually release it so that the printing or the publishing company doesn't own the rights to it. However, in the uh, in the content, I talk about the the concept of going back and forth between our paralysis and possibility, and what that actually takes to get there. and And that is a combination of thinking and believing. And, um, you know, when you look at it from a very simplistic perspective, just as Heather had said, it, it really does start with having an awareness. Um, so, you know, for, for real change to actually happen, you know, you do have to identify what it is that you don't want so that you can go into what it is that you do want, which I believe Women start with naturally. Uh, You know, I fundamentally believe that women are amazing at being able to say, hey, I don't like this. (laughs) Hey, this doesn't feel good. Um, Where I think women struggle and where I think we are in ways our own worst enemy is being able to then sit down and take a moment, a pause, Mm -hmm. a five minute break. And think about, okay, so if this isn't what I want, what is it then that I actually do want? And it's not always the exact opposite. It's not a black or a white, you know, it's not um, a yes or a no. A lot of times we have to look at the and or what comes in between that yes and that no or that change or staying the same, and, um, and I believe that we've talked about on a different podcast. We talked about the cost, the switch cost factor, yeah. which, of course, is you know when um, the cost of staying the same versus the cost of taking action, um, and you know that that is part and parcel of what it takes for that paradigm of possibility to start to turn around and to start to become a reality, and so. Um, when you, when you look at change, A, there has to be a hunger for it because if you're not hungry for it, if it's not going to cost you more um, to stay the same, you're not going to do anything about it. That, that's really the reality. And, and it's interesting because the more panels I've been on, the more public speaking I've been doing, the more women I talk to, you know, I thought 350 women was a lot of women, um <laughs> every single time i go to a, a different you know event i'm speaking to more women and it's interesting because it's almost like what i'm seeing and and uh, you know don't quote me on this I, I don't know the research behind it but what i'm hearing a lot of is that when i start sharing the data behind what gender equality really means for each and every individual woman, what collaboration really means for each and every woman, what it means for a woman to reach her economic potential or her personal or professional potential. Um, all of those factors come into that hunger for change. And um, It's interesting because it's almost like we don't know what the cost of staying the same actually is. And, you know, I like to frame it as a $420 billion opportunity uh, because that's really what it is over the next nine years in Canada alone. But these are the things that women don't realize that 86 cents to the dollar of what our male counterparts are earning means that there's 14 cents. On the table, that if you were to add up that 14 cents, and I know 14 cents sounds small, mm-hmm. but if you add that up, hours upon hours. Think of how many hours you work. So 40-hour work week, 14 cents, um, you know, in there, and you accumulate it, and you you put in the compound interest and all that other jazz. It is an astronomical number that women are leaving on the table. So I'm using, num- I'm using finances right now. Um, you know, I'm not a financial expert. That's not my jam. Um, mindset, my jam. But these are the things that I feel that I'm hearing from women. They're going, okay, I want change. I want things to happen. But I don't actually know what it's costing me. And, and, and I know that I, I think I want it. There's this inkling in me that I want it but I don't actually necessarily know what it's costing me. So I don't know why I want the change or I want the next step to happen. And, you know, just as Heather had started with, yeah, it's an expectancy. We have to expect the change. We have to expect that things are going to shift the more action we take. But we have to understand what it is that it's costing us so that we can expect the return of investment that we're truly seeking. And, and those pieces, you know, I think when we get clear on what it's costing us and what it actually is that we truly want, that's where that paradigm of paralysis, that's where that um, hunger for change is ignited. and And we need that hunger for change to be real. And and just like you said, Heather, you know, we have to be able to come back to that. That's why it was so critical to write that stuff down. Yeah. Um, Because if you don't, and, and I like to say, you know, we've talked about this before you and I, but it's like, write it down and post it. Like, I think at some point, I'm going to have to take a snapshot, I'd love to take a snapshot of my bulletin board. So that you guys could see what I actually look at every day, and and I feel like for a lot of people they they would actually be quite surprised with what I have on my board. Um, a lot of it's really simple, um, but it always comes down to what it is that I want. What's the change that I'm looking for? And was it? What is it actually costing me? And I have that. I I've got the cost of what it's costing me to not succeed. It's up there. Um, So so these are the things that, you know, when it comes to what do I have to think or what do I have to believe, um, take it back a couple steps. Take it back to what is it costing me to not um, make the change? Then what is it that I truly want? And then from there, once you have what it is that you truly want and um, the cost, then look at, okay, so what are the thoughts that I need to be aware of Mm -hmm. that could be taking me out. And what are the thoughts I can replace that with? Because we know that our, um, thinking changes our, our DNA. It affects our hormones. It affects um, our energy levels. So, so look at what's the negative thought, what's the positive thought I'm going to replace it with. And then the belief really does come down to, um, Believing that you are capable, that you deserve, as you said, um, that change to occur. Start there. Uh, Start there. You know, as you said, it doesn't have to be all this complicated stuff, but it has to start there. And, um, you know, once that next step comes in, that's really where um, learning how to train your thinking, learning how to put a breaker in your autumn, you know, your, your automatic, um, thought patterns, that's where that next step really will make a difference. And you cannot do that in the conscious mind. You can't do that sitting at your desk. You can't do that. Um, you know, even driving in your car, Um, you're definitely not going to be able to do that sitting, sitting in an environment, um, that is toxic. So these pieces you need to carve out and, and it's not a long period of time. It'll take you four hours to learn it, but it'll take you 15 minutes per day to practice it. And that's learning how to do situational visualization. That's learning how we, we do what we call the inner navigation center, um, which is taught in power to thrive. And you know, those perspectives, that's what trains our subconscious because the, the beliefs are in the subconscious. The beliefs are not in your conscious mind. And so you have to start with some real tangible, basic, conscious mind stuff, principles, and, and what you know Heather has already shared. And then the second piece to that is moving into learning how to shift your thinking, learning how to adopt that prolific mindset, learning how to, in the moment and also um, when you're being challenged, uh, use situational visualization so that you can move forward. And and that's when change occurs.
1: Yeah, and that I mean that's what we're introducing with our work here. Is you know, we've all tried historically in the past, whether it's been, you know, 40 years of your life or 20 years of a career or whatever, we've tried. Little things may have worked, but maybe they didn't work for a long time, or maybe you started and you were this is a chance to try something new and to try it from a thinking and a mindset perspective instead of just an accountability perspective or a, um, educational perspective or, uh, a training perspective, let's try something different, which is working with your thoughts, your approach, um, and doing it from that perspective. Cause here's the other fact, um, Sharon, that, 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 you know, about change, that's, that's just a fact is that, It's gonna happen anyway. Change is happening around us all the time. And kudos to you for standing up and I'm making a change, I'm going to make a change, uh, because if you don't participate in the change you want, then you just become sort of passively um, absorbing change that's occurring around you. And do you want the life you want, the career you want, the job you want, the mindset you want, or do you just want to live in a life that's responding to the change that's happening around you? So getting on the upfront side of change is a fabulous place to be and is worth the work and the effort. Love for you to try this approach from a mindset perspective because um, perhaps perhaps some of the more traditional ones uh, haven't worked. Uh, and this isn't untraditional. This is just not... Um, what we've been doing up until now as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, Sharon, I hope that that helps. Um, hopefully we've given you quite a bit to
0: sink your teeth into. And um, I think practical too. So, so um, let us know. Keep us posted. Um, all of the uh, users who are in our Wealthy Woman Warrior Tribe Thrive Training Center have access to being able to sending us these questions, asking us these questions. So I highly encourage you to sign in, join up um, for one of our free courses, and you'll have access too. All right, let's move into our next um, question. And this is from a woman named Celeste. Um, Her question is: What's the difference between a growth mindset and a prolific mindset? Um, And
1: I'll start with this. If you want, I'd like I want yeah I'd like you to start with this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll add yeah. You're the psychology. Expert, and I'm, I'm I'm the leadership practicum. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the growth mindset. I'm
0: just going to rewind a little bit. Growth mindset is a, a term that a woman named Carol Dweck came up with. Carol Dweck is a phenomenal researcher. She's a psychologist. Um, I believe she's a psychologist and a, psycholo- a psychiatrist. Um, she has done tr- like just a tremendous amount of research. And, um, you know, as much accolades as I can give that woman, I do because she is incredible. Uh, I, I have studied her work. I have practiced her work, um, you know, in, in a bit of a different way than, than how she's talking about it, but she has literally paved the way for mindset to be looked at in, in a different approach. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because of that, you know, she looks at... Um, typically, it's, it's the concept between um, a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And with my work, you see that I've talked about a fixed mindset versus a prolific mindset. And the reason for the shift, um, there's, there's two reasons, actually. The first is from a very basic level. It's not a male or female perspective. It is from my own belief um, of working with clients of of doing lip service and yet looking at that you know going back to when Sharon was actually asking as well, like what do I have to think or believe in order for real change to actually happen and um, I believe from a fundamental perspective that in order for us to reach our potential, in order for uh, human beings to go from feeling like they're stuck. And I also fundamentally believe that every single person on this planet goes through a period of stuckness where it is like they are being demanded. They're not being asked. The world is literally, or universe, or whatever the heck you want to say, something bigger than them is demanding that they take a look at what their life is like and step up up level and that's uncomfortable it's not only uncomfortable it is gut wrenching um, energy sucking um, life depleting chaos (laughs) really like that would be how I I would describe it now most people have said you're in a midlife crisis. So, you know, when when men go out and buy the sports cars or women, I don't know, go on a shopping spree, I don't even know what, what the norm is anymore because I don't think we have it. I think what's happening is that we're masking it with depression, we're masking it with anxiety, we're masking it with pills, we're masking it with alcohol, we're masking it with all of these other things, but we're not actually digging in to... um the discomfort and the chaos that is being created so that we make lasting change. So in order to get to that lasting change, that was really what shook me to the core. So if you rewind 18 months ago, well, two years ago when I was at that conference and was a keynote speaker, that's really where all this stuff happened. It started because I learned about the stats of, of what happens with women entrepreneurs and what happens with women in corporate. And we have such a, a tremendous opportunity for growth right now that um, I fundamentally believe, and I know I keep using that word, fundamentally believe. Um, I sound like a Hallelujah. Freak, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do. I fundamentally believe that um, in order for us to get to where we want to go, We can't just look at growing, we have to look at being prolific. And if you break the word prolific down, it means that you are, you know, hungry again, hungry for change, you are looking for how to be the best version of yourself now. That doesn't mean perfect, okay? Let's not, not, you know, get off course here and think that prolific means perfect. Prolific has nothing to do with perfection. Prolific has to do with being able to look at your life and say, I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to step into being the prolific person I need to be to get to where I want to go. And, you know, when it comes to um, the the massive transformation, um, the massive disruption we're even going through right now, Uh, whether, you, you know, you can look at any sector, you can look at your family, you can look at your children, you can look at your career. I don't care where you look. There's disruption. It's happening everywhere. And it's happening because... We haven't learned how to think so that we can get through to the opportunity. We're settling. We're settling for mediocrity. We're, we're settling for um, what we feel our environment is dictating is normal or right or um, acceptable. And this is why I use that term prolific. Because it is. It's a prolific mindset that if we, and not women or, or men exclusively, inclusively, if we step up and adopt prolific mindset of being the best version of self, which can sometimes also just mean being aware that you've screwed up and that being okay, um, you know, or being able to be okay with limitation and reach out for help. That's being prolific. Um, Prolific means being able to have that hunger for change and know that you can't do it on your own, but ask for the help that you need so that you can show up and be that best version of yourself. And so... um, that's the difference
1: <laughs> yeah i i had sort of i had sort of looked at it, and again it's what you're saying i and again just maybe if someone's a type a thinker like myself is you know I had sort of looked at it as you know the growth mindset is um can be a- applied in such a great um um, i don 't know what the word is aptitude or perspective so again i'm'm i'm i'm 'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested in learning i 'm open to learning I know there's more to learn I know there's more to be learned I know i don 't know everything there is to know I know there's more and that you know a lot of this stuff works in professional development in education, and we tend to think about it in you know being a better wife or being a better uh accountant or being a better boss or being a better mom or uh, and 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 the growth has sort of been applied from a little more practicum in that capacity whereas prolific what andrea is talking about is is that it's self and life and that's on another dimension where we're including the psychology with the science with the you, the essence of you, the spirit of you. And this is where it becomes so much more self-reflective work about me. So it's not just about being a better boss. It's about what about me is my best what about me is where i because we, we we will focus it on a goal elsewise outside of ourselves mm-hmm. and i think a lot of this is 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 important to be turned on the you um the us the we mm-hmm. um which i think is which i think is different than um general applications which are maybe a little more educational um in their in their application that's kind of how i looked at it uh, it just Prolific is so much more personal. It's so much pro my life, pro yeah. the me, not just you know my entity as defined by my job or my yeah. uh, role or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then of course it radiates everywhere, but it's you, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, and how can we possibly like when you look at? I, I, okay, so hold on, let me just. <laughs> I, I get so excited. Let me just <laughs> collect my, my Have thing. a drink of water. Yeah, drink water, pause, Andrea. Um, But but what I was going to say was, I I think we forget that every action that we take has a counteraction. I I think we actually forget that. I think we forget that on a daily basis, um, you know, a a text message, an email, um, whether you are, you know, interacting with people, a smile, a smile, Um, those things create a ripple effect. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I have thought about the people who have personally impacted my life, who literally had no idea that they had made such a, a lasting impression on me, good or bad. You know, a lot of them are, you know, I'm speaking, I'm speaking about the good people right now, but the bad people, bad bunny ear, bad, the people that come into our life that again, create that discomfort, that tension, the, the conflict, those people are as much a, a brilliant piece of being prolific as the people that we perceive to be good Because they force us to take a look at who we are, not what we're doing, who we are. And, um, you know, recently, um, I, I actually, I called up one of the women who helped me tremendously when I first moved to Toronto. And that was nearly four years ago. And it's funny because, you know, this, this particular woman, I speak with her on a regular basis. It's not like I don't talk to her, you know, at least, at least every month. And when I told her, you know, you were my lifeline when I got to Toronto, she nearly fell over. She had no idea. And when we're looking at, the impact that we want to make when we're looking at change, when we're looking at um, becoming who we want to become, that takes looking at those people as well. And again, it's like, you know, self awareness, self acceptance, um, and how what I am and who I am is actually impacting the lives of everyone around me on a day to day basis. And we get to choose how we show up. Daily, minute by minute, we get to choose how we are acting, how we are behaving, what we are saying, and these elements of humanity, (laughs) they are, they're elements of humanity, have never been explored from the business perspective in a corporate setting, and these are the things that I am challenging in Mindset. And, and when it comes to being able to become that, that leader, when it comes to be able to, you know, break through the glass ceilings, you know, when it comes to being able to start your own business and, and, and thrive, um, cause that all, all of that boils down to what you're thinking and what mm-hmm. your mindset is and mm-hmm. who you're being mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. as defined by you
0: as defined by you. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: So hopefully that's
0: helpful, Celeste. Um, Big, meaty question, Celeste. Big yeah, right? Yeah, that was good. I love that. <laughs> you can tell I get all excited. Yeah, I know, I can't help myself. It's just who I am. Um, okay, last question. Um, I don't think this question actually had a person. Uh, I, not that it didn't have a person. I, I shouldn't say that. There was no name signed to it. Anonymous. Oh, um, nice. um, anonymous. So what the question says is, I want to be seen as a leader and make it to senior executive level. But recently, someone said you can't do this without having a mindset that supports leadership. What does this mean? And how do I get there? What a great question. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, you put you, uh, you, you, pixelated on me so I want to be seen as a leader and make it to senior executive level but recently someone said you can't do this without having a mindset that supports leadership what does that mean and how do I get there yeah that's a big question and it has a big answer (laughs) (laughs) so get ready folks (laughs) we're unleashing unleashing. yeah Yeah, it's a big question and it's not I, I you know People are always looking for the silver bullet and I'm afraid this one's not a silver bullet, but let's talk about some of the aspects about um, What you see here and is that, I mean these are questions from someone who's in the program So they're obviously thinking about or they're doing this program because they are looking to um, Make some improve improvement or change uh, Clearly he or she wants to get to senior executive level. So I, You know, there's so much talk about leadership, uh, and there's so much focus on leadership, and there has been over the last um, 10 years, and I think that's fantastic, because this is where corporate corporations have felt comfortable talking about a lot of the softer skills, which Mm -hmm. up until until 10 years ago was really off the table, unless it was something that you and your manager really felt comfortable talking about, but... um, I, I really feel that, you know, putting, putting, putting these concepts and these programs under the umbrella of leadership, because it is about how, it is about how you function, it is about how you behave, it is about what you think, um, gets you to those softer skills, it gets you into really focus on how you want to do your work. Um, and, you know, ultimately, business is about working with people. I'm I'm there. I guess there are lots of jobs where you maybe you don't maybe quite scientific, maybe um, quite, you know, mechanical. Uh, But it is about working with people and we are human. So how do you want to be as a leader? Uh, I certainly think corporations are looking for people to be leaders. Uh, because it is very difficult to manage teams and to manage people it is one of the most challenging jobs out there so um, I, it always sort of made me laugh because you know the history is um, I can't get to the next level unless I've managed people but how do I get the experience to manage people and so they just throw you in to a team and if you're lucky maybe you're just managing two people but good heavens I've seen it where people have been asked with no previous experience to manage um, 16 people like a team of 16 people and that's a lot of emotions and um because every every individual has their own motivation and um, realm of importance and values and beliefs so your question how do i be seen as a leader i think you need to do some reflective work here again and which is why in a mindset capacity this is what This is a critical component of leadership training is to really delve into what you think, how you think, and how you want to use what you think to change behavior. Ultimately, I would say, you know, being a leader is about giving, okay? You're not a boss. You're not a manager. It's a different side of working with people, which is inspiring, motivating, developing, um, contributory, you're looking at showing people how to communicate and communicate yourself, to collaborate and to collaborate yourself, to switch between roles of being a leader and then being a follower within your team. And the reason that it's so important to develop leaders is because everything that we do job-wise, professionally-wise, is shared. Is It is in a team capacity. Mm-hmm. And it just gets more and more complex because you might be doing it virtually. You might be doing it internationally. Um, you know, it's no longer just, you know, two people sitting in... Um, neighboring cubicles you know working on a project um the teams get bigger and more diverse and um the 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 the, the stakes get higher so what i would ask you to think about is and and it's really easy for someone to tell you you need a mindset that supports leadership but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of different definitions around leadership and culturally your organization might have a very specific definition around what leadership is and you yourself probably need to know where your skills lie in being a leadership because you can be, you know, there's spiritual leadership, there's uh, situational leadership, there's, uh, uh, you know, like there's all kinds of ways of approaching leadership, which I think need to um, align with your values and your belief systems, how you think and what you believe um, yourself and other people are capable of, and and that's 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 a, that's work you need to do which in the context of mindset is delving into those questions about your values, your beliefs, and what you think. And you also need to make that align then with, with the corporate or with whatever the senior managers or wherever you got this feedback from about what their version, um, air quotes, their version of what mindset that supports leadership. Because I would say there are numerous paths Towards leadership, because people are different kinds of leaders. Because people are different kinds of people. Yeah, absolutely. No silver bullet, I'm afraid. (laughs) No silver bullet. No. No silver bullet.
0: Absolutely not. And I think you know, I I loved what you said there, Heather. I think that um, again, it's it's that self assessment, self reflection. What does it mean to be a leader? Um, You know, I think if we break it down and and every single person is a leader whether they realize it or not um you are leading your life every single day so what that looks like to you what that requires of you is going to 100 percent depend on what it is that you're doing or your industry the the environment that you're in um you know those pieces help define as, as Heather said, the culture that you would then be influencing. And I think the, the reality is, is that when it comes to being seen as a leader, bunny ears, um, it has to do with your level of influence. And I see right now we have a problem with what it means to be a leader because even five years ago, leadership was assigned leadership wasn't learned leadership wasn't um developed you know leadership was in a lot of ways you were given a role and you were expected that everyone did as you told because you were assigned that role you were promoted into it um you know you you um were, were somehow hand, it was somehow given to you um Whereas today, that that's just simply not the case, um, and I feel that I'm seeing this really interesting push and pull, um, because at the leadership level, so the people who are in senior executive levels, are going through this place where if they haven't had enough self development, there is a huge risk to um, allowing other people to become the leaders that they want to become. So the push and pull is happening because there's a perceived threat, because we haven't learned how to work in a collaborative environment and we haven't learned how to look towards the vision to pull us forward rather than, um, I'm going to say a bad word, but the egocentric perspective of getting something done. Because the, the definition has always been that it's been handed to you. And now we have these personalities. We have, we have people who are influential because they are um, able to articulate um, the vision as opposed to the task, as opposed to the action, as opposed to just simply what needs to be done. And that's where that push and pull comes into place because we have to be able to look at team, at um, organizations, at um, development from a holistic perspective And that's never happened before. So this is also part of our disruption because there's this um, now equality (laughs) that is being not only asked for, it's being demanded. It's it's being demanded in a way that's never been demanded before. And um, again, back to mindset we need to look at adopting our own mindset. And this is, again, like I, I'm just gonna reference back to why I called it the prolific mindset. Exactly. And it's, it, yeah, it, it all comes back to self. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, I've done a lot of uh, trainings for le- leadership and, and one of the main um, trainings that, that I used to be called in for was when corporations would want it to develop their leaders following the situal leadership platform. And you know it was always interesting because it always boiled down to the mindset of the individual, of how the individual was perceiving what was actually happening around them. So, how do you be a leader in a situation where there's chaos? How do you be a a leader in a situation where there's layoffs? How do you be a you know a leader in a situation where it's a startup and you have nothing? Um, Really, all of that boils down to. influence and depersonalizing because if we are personalizing anything if we are taking anything on as um our own um responsibility and holding it all within the perspective of ego self it's my job to make this all work um that's where i feel we lose We, we we lose because we're not then valuing the contribution of every single person who's there to support, to help move it all forward. So, um, I don't know if that helped. (laughs) Um, you know, when we're looking at that silver bullet, that's what I'm going back to. I'm thinking back to Heather's comment about the silver bullet. Um, there, there isn't, there truly isn't one but i I think that it still boils down to self assessment to to self development and to adopting um, the best version of self with com- which comes
1: through you know adopting that prolific mindset yeah. and, and and that's and those and those are those are practices you don't do that once no. this is the problem you don't you don't bring in um, a speaker for Um, maybe someone was lucky enough to have you for two days um, for a workshop uh, and then you had some follow-up exercises and great everybody's a leader because this really is about finding a process um, having a tool having a practice where where these are now um, functions that are part of yourself being self-aware being reflective you have to know yourself in order to be able to give of yourself um, mm-hmm. in a in a leader managerial capacity. Um, and people think that it's a course I take once and then I have it. It's not. You can learn about big data and start using it at work, but these these softer skills need to just become part of your. It's like everyday coffee. They're, they you need to you need to consume it on a regular basis in order to get the minerals and the vitamins out of it to influence what you take to work every day. So from a mindset perspective, I love that you boiled it down to, you know, leadership is about influence, but it still is about who you are and what, and what, what you believe and how you think when you're looking at mm-hmm. activities, people, situations um, around you. Absolutely. Okay but it's no silver bullet. No. And I, you know, and, and
0: you know, I think it was really important what you just contributed there, Heather, in saying it's a practice. It's a practice that, that we have to be mindful haha, of every single day. And that doesn't mean it's all consuming. It means that when we're challenged, because it's great to be able to say, Hey, I've got a prolific mindset and blah, blah, blah. Um, when, really, it's easy to have a good mindset when things are going well. It's when you're in the (laughs) trenches. It's when it's when the conflict is there. It's when something changes that we don't have control over, that your mindset is critical. And so those are the places and you cannot um, you can't get to that place unless you're practicing it daily, unless you're practicing it in the good and the bad. And, and, um, you know, I, I like to look at it like a ritual. That's, that's how I talk about it. But it really does come down to what Heather said. And it has to do with being able to practice that mindset and practice how we're thinking and practice how we're showing up in the world
1: yeah if you think that you you know you condition your body for top performance you you know you choose you choose wholesome foods because you're able to extract a full range of you know minerals and vitamins and protein and mindset is now the practice the process the feeding for your brain for your thinking which drives your behavior which drives what you think, which influences what you're going to do. Um, and, um, you don't just eat it once.
0: Nope. Nope. So true. And on that note, I'm going to thank you all for an awesome mindset Q and a call on April 11th. Thank you so much for joining us, Heather. Thank you so much for your contributions and your, your wisdom and, um, you know, being here walking beside me, uh, I, I love you as my teammate, and uh, feel mutual, cool. mutual. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone, have a fabulous day, and uh, I'm going to sign off by saying, let's be prolific
1: together. See you next time. Thanks. Bye for now. I feel the sunshine.